Listening to Income by Moveable designed to help digital marketing leaders excel in today's ever-changing environment. My name is Becky Francis, Associate Director of Client Strategy for Retail here at Moveable On today's episode, I'm joined by Ross Williams, VP of Retail at Amasis, to reflect on what has been a transformative year for retailers. From substantial e-com growth to various local and national lockdowns, retailers have certainly had their work cut out for them this year. With 2021 now just around the corner, Ross and I will be discussing the key learnings that retailers will be taking with them into another unpredictable year ahead and how the ever-changing realities of the COVID-19 pandemic are prompting retail marketers to drive agility into their strategies. So welcome to Ink Tank, Ross. Hey, Becky. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah, great to have you here. Can you kick us off by telling us a little bit more about you and also your role at Amasis? So as you said, I'm a vice president of retail here at Amasis. Um, the last 15 plus years of my career has been spent in retail, most recently at one of the UK's largest digital retailers, M Brown, and prior to that, Europe's largest grocery retailer, Tesco. Um, my role at Amasis is to build partnerships to drive transformational change in retail and own our retail roadmap to ensure we're continuously innovating our product to help retailers achieve success. At Imarsis, we help digital marketing and business leaders at over one and a half thousand companies globally rapidly achieve targeted business outcomes by automating highly personalized and engaging omnichannel customer experiences. We offer the only omnichannel customer engagement platform built to accelerate business outcomes. We also have a unique view of retail as we have so much data flowing through our platform. This allows us to understand retail trends. Oh, so as you mentioned, Amasis work with a huge roster of brands, many of whom are in the retail industry. Um, I think it's probably no exaggeration to say that 2020 has been a bit of a watershed year for the retail sector. We've seen an estimated six years of econ growth in the past six months. We've seen a number of retailers have to furlough staff or even close their doors permanently due to the financial impact of the COVID pandemic. And then just to serve as the cherry on top, at the time we're recording this, here we are again in another national lockdown in England, and we're faced with the prospect of various local lockdowns once we do come out of that. So there's definitely been a lot to contend with this year. So given all of that rapid change, I'm curious to know how the retailers you've worked with have reacted. So what conversations have you been having with your retail clients over the past few months and how have they evolved as this year has progressed? Yeah, what a uh, crazy year, hey? Hopefully uh, 2021 is going to be an improvement on this year, but we'll have to wait and see with things going backwards and forwards as they are. Um, so so um, conversations we've been having have shifted continuously, as you can imagine, you know, as, as, as things change, conversations change and, and they've been changing pretty rapidly. Um, but if I was to uh, try and break it down into phases uh, because things have changed along the way. I'd say we were probably about five different phases. Um, firstly, was confusion about how to handle the situation. No one had experienced this thing previously. No one had experienced things changing so quickly previously. And um, people were just unsure how to react initially. Um, and, and then there was an initial reaction, but it was delayed, obviously, because everybody was like, what do I do? Um, and, and after some of the confusion had cleared, um, there was a realization that we were now operating in a different world. Um, it kicked into what I would call phase three, um, where we saw significant shifts in operating models in a very short period of time to accommodate for the lockdowns. Some brands calling COVID the biggest digital disruptor ever. And as you said, some of them seeing six years of evolution happen in six months. 
um, brands saw a huge surge in demand for digital um, that many of them couldn't fulfill. Um, they, they saw significant shifts in categories of interest and availability of products due to fairly rigid supply chains resulting in products assortments on offer being altered to um, offset some of that. And, and then the need to ramp up capacity for deliveries. Um, you know, one of the businesses I used to work for, Tesco, talks of doubling the capacity of its online deliveries. Doing that in the space of six months is absolutely crazy. It would have taken them probably six to 10 years to even imagine that that was going to happen. Um, and, and then um, going into phase four, um, Retail businesses had to create a COVID safe environment, whether that be in their warehouses to ensure that their picking staff were safe or even with in their stores, obviously. Um, so there was another shift in operating model, you know, putting screens in, making sure that there was sanitation um, available for staff, but also customers. Um, and, and, and then also um, social distancing, ensuring that that was um, in, enforced mask wearing was happening, you know, making sure that all those signs are up and those little dots are on the floor that you see everywhere that makes you uh, stay two meters apart. And then um, where we are now, um, let's call it phase five, um, is about bravely pushing forwards. I think that um, everybody's realized that we now have to operate in a very different environment and it's unlikely that that environment will ever go back to the environment that it was previously. Um, and, and thinking about what's required to ensure that a business can be successful, um, particularly whilst consumer confidence is lower, and, and what strategic structural changes are required to ensure that a business can operate under these new conditions, and, and preparing for further shocks and shifts over the coming months and years. You know, you mentioned that we're, we're in another lockdown, which we didn't think we were going to be in, and you know, we, we may be coming out of it in the UK in, in some form over the next few days, but um, it's expected to continue this shift over the next few months at least, um, whilst that vaccine's developed. Um, and then thinking about um, what's specifically required from a digital marketing perspective, thinking about how to get hold of the insights needed about how a business is performing um, and how customers are shopping and how they're performing um, across all of the channels traded in and quickly turning those things, those insights into action. Um, for example, um, lots of businesses have lots of new customers or that they now recognize because they've been shopping with them online. You know, how do those businesses turn those new customers into loyal customers? Um, and, and how do they do that quickly so they don't miss out on the opportunity? Yeah, absolutely. So many great insights there. I'd love to just unpack that um, a little bit more, particularly the, the phase five that you mentioned that we're currently kind of in and have been in over the last few months. So you talked about um, strategic structural changes to get ready for whatever situation the next few months and years might hold. So what are some of the common shifts that you're seeing businesses make to ready themselves for probably quite an unpredictable future? So, you know, the word omnichannel has been around for years, but, but more and more brands are wanting to create that consistent and relevant experience across the channels that they operate in. Um, Omnichannel used to be the word for brands that um, transacted across multiple channels. Um, it's recently become more important for businesses to be considering their transactional and their communication and marketing channels as part of their omnichannel mix. 
um, and, and, and the experience that they're trying to create from an omni-channel perspective. Um, as, as combining both the trading and the marketing pieces and, and the communication pieces in that thinking um, enables brands to create a, a seamless customer experience, no matter how the customer is interacting or receiving information from them. And then secondly, um, mobile, you know, it's been a big trend. Um, not, not just recently, you know, over the last five years, mobile uses has boomed. Um, and, and in my previous role, I was seeing around about 80% of customers interacting through mobile and over 60% of transactions coming through mobile devices. Um, this is massively accelerated, as you can imagine, um, over the recent months. And now we're seeing mobile being used to make many businesses COVID safe. Um, with shopping, payment, registration, booking and service systems being deployed. I mean, I've never used my mobile so much to order uh, takeaway meals or <laughs> for delivery. Um, and I'm sure that many people are very, very similar. You know, you've used your mobile far more often than you ever used to. Um, we're seeing a massive resurgence in the things like QR codes. Who would have thought? Um, and, and, and this will res all of this together will result in higher levels of mobile adoption. Um, with consumers. And it's something that retailers need to take notice of. Um, they need to uh, be mobile first and, and mobile first from an experience perspective is now essential uh, rather than a nice to have. Um, and that means considering the mobile devices the primary device that your customers will interact with you on. Um, ensuring that you've got a correct mobile engagement strategy in place to make the experience valuable and thinking about how to use mobile devices to engage with customers at relevant moments through the use of things like geo geolocation. And then thirdly, um, agility, obviously. Um, you know, everybody's talked about being agile for many years, but um, this, this thing that we've been through over the last 12 months um, has reinforced or enforced the importance of having agility within your business, being able to react to the changing climate without the 12-week planning cycles that everybody used to be able to, uh, to, to, to work to, not that they necessarily wanted to, but they had to for whatever reason. It just doesn't work anymore. And that's meant that having the right tools and culture in place to enable that to happen um, has been essential. Um, and, and lots of people have had to invest quite a bit of time in making that work. Um, so, so, so getting the tools and processes and people in place to enable agile marketing is becoming more and more important. Yeah, couldn't agree more. And I think from my point of view at Move the Link, I'm definitely seeing more and more of the retailers that we work with tackling the need to, to pivot quickly when it comes to their customer communications. For example, there's now a need to highlight things like up-to-date store opening hours and accurate delivery slot availability. You know, you talked about Tesco and grocers in particular have found that to be essential in their customer comms, not only to provide an efficient, but ultimately a safe customer experience as well. And the difficulty is, of course, as soon as you send an email with that kind of information in it, that information is almost instantly outdated. So that delivery slot has been snapped up or that store is now being forced to close under a, a local lockdown. So there's a big shift towards using real-time data and open-time content to power the necessary level of agility and accuracy within customer communications. You also touched on retention as a key priority right now and how do you transfer 
all of those new digital customers to brand loyalists. Um, and across the sector, we've seen customer retention averaging 39% in 2020, down significantly from 54% in 2019. So what tactics are you seeing retailers employ specifically to address the retention problem? So, so fostering loyalty with customers is a hot topic right now. Um, we're not just talking about loyalty schemes, but how you effectively foster loyalty with customers through communicating proactively in a personalised way. Um, ensuring that you engage with customers in the right way at the right time and ensuring that you understand who your customers are, how they are interacting with your brand and how often, and having the ability to act on the insight quickly. Um, the big piece we're seeing is brands wanting to understand their customers better, understanding the status of customer from a life cycle and value perspective, and then being able to engage with them in a relevant and timely way to encourage future engagement and ultimately drive customer lifetime value. It's not a new way of thinking. It's just that there's been a shift in the understanding of what's required to make this come to life. And in particular, there have been some pretty cool technology developments that make this possible. Then secondly, being human, um, understanding what's important to customers rather than throwing discounts at them. Ensure that the marketing message is considerate of what is happening and how people are feeling. Um, ensuring that communications are sent to customers are timely and relevant, particularly as things are moving so quickly and guidance is continuously changing. Yeah, sure. Which takes us right back to your first point and this need to really focus on agility, right? It's, it's difficult to show understanding and be empathetic with customer sentiment if you're still working to those 12-week lead times and hard-coding emails weeks before send because chances are our situation has shifted within that time frame and, and shopper sentiments may very well have changed. So agility is implicit in striking the right tone as well. So with all of those new focuses and priorities in mind, are you seeing an increased interest in any particular technology or service that can help facilitate this new way of working? So um, customer data platform or CDP is a big buzzword right now and has been emerging over the last couple of years, to be honest with you. The challenge here is that a lot of bits of MarTech um, have rebranded themselves as a CDP as they process, store and score some customer data. But to really get value from customer data, you need to be able to surface retail specific insights and provide the ability to act on those insights in a simple, fast, seamless way across all of your customer engagement and marketing channels. Lots of CDPs are out there are standalone and disconnected. They require marketers to figure out how to stitch together technologies to act on the data. And marketers soon get stuck in a world of technicalities and, and IT um, where they're spending all of their time working out how rather than applying their creativity to what they want to communicate. Um, to successfully get value from a CDP, it needs to be fully integrated with marketing and customer experience execution. Um, the reason people are interested in a CDP when you get under the skin of it is generally to help them drive loyalty or, or customer lifetime value and also increase, on, increase the return on um, marketing spend. Um, mobile, as previously mentioned, the mobile trend we've seen accelerating interest in our mobile engage and SMS products that enable brands to execute mobile engagement strategies through personalized push messaging, in-app content delivery, product recommendations and SMS. Absolutely. And just a quick side note for our audience on the topic of mobile. 
If you're interested in mobile app trends and best practices, I encourage you to listen to the previous episode of Ink Tank with my colleague, Rachel Cowshaw and Dorothy Murak, Product Marketing Manager at Venlocalytics for a great discussion on how marketers should continue to evolve their mobile app marketing strategy in 2021. But back to today and let's shift our focus to the year ahead. So if 2020 has taught us anything, it's that we have to be prepared for any number of curveballs and changes. So with that in mind, Ross, I won't ask you to dig out your crystal ball and make any firm predictions about what 2021 will look like. But I am keen to hear where do you see the areas of opportunity and what advice are you giving your retail clients as they start to make their 2021 plans? So um, opportunities are in data. Um, start, start with the data. Ensure that you're doing everything you can to understand your customers' interactions with your brand in a way that provides benefit to a customer. Um, we're entering this new world of uh, another new world of um, what we're calling consent-based marketing and advertising um, due to the changes that Apple and Google are making um, so that they can honor the privacy of their users. Um, you'll hear lots of people talking about the death of a third-party cookie and um, ITP from Apple. Um, that, that's what that is about. Um, so understanding your customers' interactions with your brand and having consent to collect and use their data is going to be an imperative. Um, then blending of digital and physical experience is now more expected than ever. Um, and it's simpler to execute on. Um, I expect to see more brands and more technologies enabling this for customers. So what are some of the practical next steps that brands and retailers can be taking now to get ready for the shifts that you see coming to the forefront in 2021? So um, firstly, you should be looking at um, how, how you're capturing your customers' consent for marketing and advertising and make sure that you're clear that you've got a strategy for that um, going forwards. Um, what gaps are there uh, that are going to be created by this death of third party cookies and, and the changes that Apple are making? Um, you then need to think, I believe you need to think about how you can create a value exchange that makes customers want to sign up to your marketing and advertising activities. Think about what service you can provide them through those sorts of activities that they will find value in and therefore will, will offer their data and their consent to receive that sort of information. And then develop a plan so that you can maximize your customer consent and identification across all channels and touch points. Um, and ident an unidentified transaction is a lost opportunity, as I see it. Um, it's a lost opportunity in creating greater customer lifetime value. And then finally, take a step back from what you're currently doing and ask yourself, is my marketing stack really enabling me to understand and engage with my customers in a seamless and consistent and personalized way across all channels? Um, you rarely do that as an operational marketer um, and, and you end up getting stuck into using the tools that you've got. Um, you really need to be stepping back and thinking about how you make the, all of those things come together in a, a better way for your business and, and for your customers. That's great advice. We're almost at time, but thank you so much, Ross, for joining us today and sharing so many great insights. Um, if our listeners want to learn more about Amartya's, how can they do that? 
If you want to learn more about Amarsis and uh, our omni-channel customer engagement platform, then visit amarsis.com. Um, if you want to learn more from industry leaders and brands that are driving omni-channel innovation, then you can go to retailrenaissance.amarsis.com. Um, you can find over 60 hours of content there from our re recent Retail Renaissance Digital uh, Festival. Great. Thank you very much. So that's all we have time for today. We hope you enjoyed the conversation. Thank you so much for joining us and be sure to subscribe to Ink Tank so you don't miss any upcoming episodes.